Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. Oh, this is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, July 19th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Scooter Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. Justin, have you caught up? Sarah's calling herself Scooter these days. Uh, uh, I've never been more thrilled and never been more disappointed in myself that I have not called her Scooter yet once. (laughs) In listening to her new podcast, uh, uh, Have Such a Nice Day, I kept saying, I get pride. Such a good day. Such a great point, Scooter. Producer Roger Chang is here as well. Roger, have you thought of a nickname? Uh, Spotty Chang. Spotty Chang. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- temporarily appropriate. Yeah. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Roger seems like a nice guy. He's kind of spotty. <laughs> no, yes. I don't like that. Spotty Chang. <laughs> All right. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Sources from the information, sources tell the information, rather, that Siri co-founder Tom Gruber and search chief Vipul Ved Prakash have both left Apple. Now, Gruber was the last of three Siri co-founders to remain at Apple this time. His co-founders, uh, Dag Kitloss and Adam Chayer, previously left to start the Siri competitor Viv, which was later acquired by Samsung. Corning unveiled Gorilla Glass 6, which is said, which says it can survive an average of 15 drops of about a meter, twice as good as Gorilla Glass 5. Corning also said that it will survive drops for, uh, from higher heights as well. It has the same scratch resistance as version 5. Gor- uh, Gorilla Glass 6 is in production now and available to smartphone makers. It is expected to show up on shipping phones in the next several months. Mac Rumors got an internal Apple service document for the new MacBook Pros. In it is a line that says the keyboard has a membrane under the keycaps to prevent debris from entering the butterfly mechanism. And this has become a smoking gun for many MacBook keyboard haters. Publicly, Apple has described the membrane as making the keys quieter which it also does. The previous generation of MacBook keyboards had problems with sticky keys, and Apple now offers free repairs of 2016 and 2017 MacBook Pro keyboards. However, Apple does not offer these new keyboards as replacements for the older models. 
EU regulators charged Qualcomm with a new violation over accusations of selling UMTS baseband chipsets below cost in order to undermine competitors NVIDIA and ICERA. In 2015, the EU also accused Qualcomm of abusing its market power against ICERA between 2009 and 2011. It was also fined in January of this year for paying Apple to use Qualcomm's chips over Intel's. And Microsoft just put out its quarterly earnings, and wow, were they good. Uh, The earnings call has yet to happen as we're recording this, but Microsoft reported revenue increased 17% year over year, net income up 35%. Office and cloud, Azure, pretty much led the way, but uh, Surface revenue jumped 25%, and gaming revenue grew 39%. So overall, a very good quarter for Microsoft. Now... Let's talk about Disney, Comcast, Fox, and their love triangle. Mm, Fun is not something you often think about while balancing the universe, but it appears as if Disney will acquire Fox. Comcast withdrew its offer to purchase most of 21st Century Fox, leaving Disney in the position to acquire everything except the broadcasting networks. Uh, Sorry, the broadcast network Fox, Fox News, Fox Business, FS1, FS2, and the Big Ten Network, which will be spun off into their own company. Disney also previously agreed with regulators to sell off Fox Sports regional networks it will acquire as part of the deal. Meanwhile, Comcast will focus on acquiring Sky, which is owned 39% by Fox. It really is a love triangle, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially Comcast deciding that Continuing to bid up Disney to buy 21st Century Fox is going to increase the price of acquiring Sky because Fox owns 39% of it. So they'd rather have Sky at a lower price than try to buy both at a higher price. Which I almost wonder whether or not that was the idea going into it, that the the fact that they were uh, credible bidders. I wonder how much Comcast really believed that they were going to be able to steal this deal out from under Disney because it seems like that would not happen considering Disney's financial position and how much time and effort they'd already put into it. Yeah, I mean, Comcast probably has the bigger war chest of cash just by being a little bit of a bigger company, but it was it was going to go down to the wire if they really wanted to outbid each other. Uh, and Disney was serious about it. They got regulator approval, for goodness sake. I think that probably has something to do with it, too, is Comcast is like, you know what? We don't want to have to bother getting regulator approval uh, for this either. Disney Disney wins this round, but they, they get it. So, so yeah, uh, whether... What I don't un- what I don't know, and I couldn't find an answer to, is whether the thirty nine percent of Sky that Fox owns stays with the Rump Fox, the Fox Broadcasting Fox that'll stick around on its own, or if that also goes to Disney. I have a feeling it stays with the part of Fox that won't be part of Disney. I I would I I think so as as well based on the reporting on it. Uh, the big winner here, though, the Murdoch family who had. <laughs> and then got a better deal out of nowhere. Well, and that's the funny thing is that the Murdoch family, James Murdoch, at uh, at the most recent Recode or Code Media Conference, uh, which happened near L.A. last month, said publicly, we really want to deal with Disney. And that was when Comcast had already outbid Disney. So there seems to have been some some uh, perhaps poker-style bluffing going on yeah. here. And don't forget, Fox still wants to own the rest of Sky. They have a bid in on Sky that they've been trying to get regulators to sign off in the UK about. So now they'll be going head-to-head with Comcast over that. 
Facebook and Instagram are tightening the way its moderators shut down accounts from users found to be under the age of 13, which is the minimum age that you can actually have a Facebook account unless you're using the kids version. The company's former policy was to only investigate accounts that were reported specifically by somebody else for being underage. Now moderators will be able to lock the accounts of any underage user that they happen to come across, even if they're investigating the account that's been reported for something else, inappropriate content or harassment or any of the other things that Facebook looks into. Now, if an account gets locked, Facebook will then require a government-issued photo ID or something similar that's already designated as, as being proof of age. Instagram also just launched the familiar green dot, which Facebook is already using, to accompany that whole active now status on friends' profile pictures to encourage you to DM them more often. That second one's more interesting to me than the first one. The first one just feels like an outcome of the staffing up. Uh, It used to be the companies were like, we're lean, we're mean, we're startups. We don't want to hire a lot of people. And that's why they'd look the other way because they didn't want to have to hire as many moderators. But Facebook has to hire a bunch of these moderators for all kinds of other reasons now. You might as well have them not turn a blind eye. And I agree. I agree with you. In fact, I, you know, again, won't throw anybody out here specifically, but... I have a lot of friends whose kids are for sure under 13 who have active Facebook accounts. I'm not reporting those accounts, but if I were to report them for some other reason, you know, let's just say, you know, some, something happened from that account where I was like, this is not cool. Um, Facebook would then be able to say, well, not only is it not cool, but this kid is under 13. Bye. If you can tell, I mean, some kids will be right. Good at exactly. That fact too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> It seems to me that a lot of the stories that we are seeing from the social networks are indicative of kind of a maturing age for them as well. That uh, I think that the, the, the Twitter bot purge was something that I, I felt was a sign of maturity from that company that had so uh, you know harshly been judged for its growth rate, right? And so to kill, uh, kill users uh, is something that would kind of be anathema to them. This is something that... You always have to be careful, and this is another Twitter lesson, that the more you moderate, the more everybody wants you to moderate about other stuff, Yep. right? Uh, to prove that you can do anything is to prove you can do everything. Uh, but I think it's, it is a, sign, a necessary way to, to police your stated rules. And every medium has gone through it. Comics had the anti-violence. Television uh, 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 at one point didn't have any standards about what you could broadcast when, and they they went through controversies about it. They seem quaint now because it was about, you know, cowboys shooting guns and stuff like that, but at the time they were very serious. So this is is analogous to that too. Bloomberg sources say Google's Project Fuchsia operating system is being designed to work better with voice interaction. That's one of the cores of it. It's also meant to handle frequent security updates, which could help prevent fragmentation. And it's supposed to look the same across devices from Internet of Things sensors all the way to laptops. Fuchsia also uses the Zircon kernel, not Linux. Google started posting Fuchsia code online in 2016, some of which is open source. Bloomberg sources say the plan is to put Fuchsia on connected home devices within three years, then move on to larger machines. The team intends Fuchsia to eventually replace Android within the next five years, although the executives haven't quite signed off on that because there's a lot of other parts of the company that are heavily invested in Android and how it works. So they have to figure all that yet. Uh, But the executives do support Fuchsia. So this will be an interesting one to watch. And also, why would Android not just, you know, the team that's in place working on Android not be doing what Project Fuchsia is supposed to uh, replace Android with? 
you know, five years is that may or may not happen. But for Android being such a big part of the operating system that, you know, the majority of the world uses, uh, is that something that an Android user in five years is going to know about? Oh, now I use Fuchsia. Or is that a slow integration into what already exists. I kind of feel like it's a swap out, right? Uh, if they, it, I imagine the people on Project Fuchsia are trying to figure out how to do it the way Chrome OS handles Android yeah. apps now, where you get an update and you're updating to a new operating system, essentially, but it'll still run all your apps in some kind of uh, emulation or virtualization. I also think that Google in general has a history of competing ideas for where operating systems and stuff are are going in the far future and to their credit they kind of let the strongest one win out so we will see where fuchsia goes alphabet's loon said thursday that it has reached its first commercial deal with telecom kenya loon will deploy its balloons and broadcast 4g internet service over rural and suburban areas in kenya starting next year Telecom Kenya is the country's third largest carrier behind Safaricom and Barty Airtel. Project Loon. Uh, it's, it's finally happening. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I got distracted because uh, thank you, W. Scottis One. Or, I'm sorry, Ken from Chicago, uh, who pointed out that CNET has a denial from Google saying there isn't a five-year plan for Fuchsia. Uh, described the OS as one of many experimental open source projects doesn't mean that the team doesn't still hope that they can do a replacement in five years. Uh, I think Google's just trying to calm the waters there uh, and say, hey, don't, don't worry, Android fans. We're, your, your operating system isn't going to disappear in five years. Okay, back to Loon. Uh, this is big because Project Wing, which was Facebook's internet from the air, has essentially been outsourced. They're trying to find other manufacturers. It's, it's not quite grounded, but it's not flying. Project Loon has a customer. A lot of people didn't think this would ever... I almost want to say take off or get off the ground, whatever, right? Yeah. They didn't think this would would last. Uh, and and not only did it last, but Kenya is a vibrant internet market, as, as you hear if you listen to DTNS regularly. So this is a good place to try this out. I mean, yes and. Nothing you said is wrong. It is still the third place carrier in Kenya. Uh, uh, good, good on them. We don't know. The well, this term. is like T-Mobile, right? Safaricom's like, we're making so much money off in Pesa. Why would we take a chance on this? Sure. Yeah. No. I, I, I. We also don't know exactly how much money it's making. Would not shock me if it's not exactly. A it's also not in place yet. This is this is you know this is a contract that's been put into place for it to be deployed next year. So we're going to have a much better sense of if people in rural or suburban areas with less with 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 bad coverage Listen, or much less coverage. I know Google's I, I, future pretty much relies on making money out of Project Loon, but I have a feeling that that doesn't matter a lick to Alphabet. Uh, what they want to do is show that they can actually make a commercial service so that, that they can yes. then shop it to other countries. So they can then shut it down like they did their cable. Uh, <laughs> right. No, they can give the people of Kenya better access. My goodness. Last half full, it's going to be one of those three. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like they haven't done a bigger version of serving internet to people that they then pulled the plug on. That was Google. Right. This is Loon. Loon is an alphabet company. It's a difference. Oh, yeah. They're totally different. Just no, we, we've, we've always been at war with these days. <laughs> A report from the UK's Huawei Cybersecurity Evaluation Center, which includes members of Britain's GSEHQ intelligence agency, has lowered its assurance about risks from Huawei products to limited. 
The new report says technical issues limit the ability to check internal product code. And there are also concerns about the security of components from outside suppliers. Huawei welcomed the report, saying it shows the oversight process is working and has identified areas for improvement in its own engineering processes. This is going to be an interesting one to watch. I don't have a lot more to say about it other than uh, it's a it's a big deal. This is a fairly understated report, but it's a big deal for this oversight committee, which is made up of people from Britain. Even though it's called, even though it was set up by Huawei, it was set up by Huawei. Said, put whoever you want on here uh, to evaluate things, so you feel all right about our stuff. So it's got people from the intelligence agencies on it uh, for them to say limited assurance. They were saying, we assure you, if you use Huawei products. There are mitigations against any security problems, which is just a way to say it's a normal security situation like you'd have with any other product. There's nothing to worry about, particularly. Uh, they've gone to, we, eh, there's some code in there we can't see, and that worries us. And there's some third-party code that we're a little suspicious of. Huawei is doing all the right things and saying, great, no, this is why we want you to do this, so we can catch these problems when they happen. Uh, but it is going to raise a lot of eyebrows, especially when you have Australia uh, trying to stop Huawei from being involved in building their networks, when the U.S. is, is rattling their sabers more against ZTE these days, but definitely, you know, Huawei is on the target list as well. Uh, it does look like maybe the UK is starting to turn that way too. Yeah, this is a show me situation for Huawei where they the onus is on them to prove that everything they are going to sell isn't backdoored to the Chinese military, right? That's the fear. As founded or unfounded. That's the fear. And whether or not Huawei was doing that or not, of course they're going to say, yes, we welcome this. We're glad that you're doing your due diligence. You know, it, it's that you, you have no other choice. Yeah, but that's what they want. They, 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 they need to demonstrate, they need to prove to the world that this is safe tech and not a Trojan horse to control the world. Yeah, which I, I think the fears are overblown, uh, certainly. Uh, but it, this is the kind of story that catches my eye more than, more than the U.S. or the Australia uh, stories where it's more political. This is a very technical agency saying there's something worrisome here. Uh, and it's interesting to see Huawei not you know, doing what they usually do is saying, like, these, this is all politically motivated. They're saying, oh, no, good. Thank you for, for catching that. So what happens next is, like you said, Justin, it's very, very important. It's a, it's a prove me situation. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Well, DC announced at San Diego Comic-Con that its streaming service DC Universe will launch this autumn as a hub for everything DC. If you hadn't heard about it, it's not just going to have TV and movies. It'll also have comics. You can even look at the comics on your television. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. 
Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Which they were trying to say, like, comic reading can become a group activity. I'm not sure, so sure about that. But you can also use it on mobile and, and stuff. Uh, there'll be an encyclopedia and a social platform. More on that in a second. DC Universe will cost you $8 a month or $75 if you want to pay for a whole year at once. So under the Netflix $10 amount. Subscribers who pre-order get an additional three months free. DC is going to also produce five original shows for the platform, three live action and two animated uh, in conjunction with Warner Brothers. They will have back catalog as well, uh, like all the Christopher Reeve Superman movies are supposed to be on there. Uh, A lot of other animated stuff on there. The CW shows that are in the DC Universe will be available for rent or sale because they're kind of tied up with CW, but they will be somehow included. What caught my eye about this is DC reps talking about how the goal is to gather fans of DC under one roof to share their love of the universe in a way that isn't done very well at places like Facebook and Twitter. Uh, They pointed a lot to their discussion forums, uh, the ability to create and share lists of favorites, the encyclopedia entries, trending publications. They're still working out the details on this, but they're really trying to push this as, hey, if social media is too toxic for you, why not come into the DC universe and be among friends? Uh, They do have experience of patrolling for toxic behavior and harassment and moderation uh, from the DC All Access app, which is just kind of a news app that has forums and and interaction there. So it's not like they're new to this, but I I thought this was really interesting uh, as a potential new trend that We're starting to see more of these kind of bundles that say it's not just video, it's also other items and the ability to interact with the people you know already like the thing you like. Well, this is sort of the thing that Facebook killed in the first place. Okay, if I'm thinking of what's something that I have in common with, with, with other humans that I'd want to talk about all the time? I don't know. Animal lovers, right? There used to be Catster and Dogster. And the founder of, of those networks said, yeah, when Facebook came around, it just killed all of that stuff because you could create a interest group within Facebook that just decimated us. Now, that's sort of like a web 2.0 to 3.0 type of a thing. And we're talking about something a little bit different. And obviously, the DC universe, somebody who's a, uh, you know, a, not only a comics fan, but particularly DC, this is a very uh, strong common thread that people have. I also happened to, when I first moved to LA uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I worked for Lionsgate in a comic book themed SVOD department. 
was a very tough sell, even though the library that Lionsgate had uh, access to was pretty robust. It was it's a hard sell to say we have a lot of the stuff that Netflix or Hulu or, you know, or even free options have. But it's more about the community, you know, like this is the place that you really want to be because the social element has to be so strong and so, uh, you know, it has to be, uh, um, you know, said to the users in a certain way that really feels like this is going to be a safe place for people that actually have more in common with you than the places that you're so used to. Right. Especially because it's not free. It's, It's not Netflix numbers. But, you know, for $8 a month, this is not – this is something that you really have to sell to people as the destination, and it's a very crowded market. Yeah. seven ninety nine is an interesting price point, cheaper than Netflix. Uh, uh, it seems to come in under that nine ninety nine sort of uh, a Rubicon of, you know, uh, above which is too expensive, below which is considered a bargain. The, I, the, the fact that they have their live-action stuff – uh, both in library and and currently airing is very interesting. I think that's probably where they're going to get their biggest traction. I was not in love with the trailer for their original Titans show that that hit. Uh, Why not? It felt uh, a little bit edge lordy. If uh, uh, you know, there was very dark and gritty. And there was a lot of people in colorful costumes spraying a lot of arterial blood. An F word was dropped. Uh, you know, it was it was. It was edgy DC in a way fan, that though? didn't didn't draw you in necessarily. What was that? Are you a DC fan? Sure. I mean, I like DC stuff when it's. I like good. I like those characters. I you know I to me. Yes, the obvious thing to look at is Titan. That's the big of the five, and that's the trailer, and that's the flashy thing. But what's going to happen if this goes the way I think it will go is people who unhesitatingly say, yes, I'm a DC fan, who who look at Titan and go, yeah, no, I, I definitely want to see that. I'm signing up because I want to see that. Roger is one of those people. Uh, Roger, you said immediately, like, I'm going to get this because I want to watch Titan, right? I, I I am so this is the thing, and I, I think you're all actually touching upon the same thing. Is that um, there are aspects of being inclusive with your brand, which in this case is DC, with their content, but you also need to be wary of uh, being a. Uh, I would think of misinterpreting, you know, your popularity for 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 your content and thinking you can just run solely on you know this level of time this might have appeal initially but if they cannot continually offer new interesting unique items on this service whether it's live action animated comics whatever or or uh community uh, events or anything like that what i what i predict will happen is you'll have a big uh interest at first that will slowly wane over time because you know people who are interested in this kind of content are typically not brand specific right you can be a dc fan that reads marvel comics that picks up you know the occasional hellboy from dark horse uh, that i don't reads, know that you know, that's who they're after i again I think Titan can absolutely fail in the public, kind of like Netflix shows often fail to the public and do well for this. I also think DC Universe could totally fail for all kinds of reasons, but still be the beginning of a trend 
where people will say, you know what? I do want to hang out here because I'm guaranteed right. to have people talking about things that I care about and not talking about things that anger me or I don't care about, like on Facebook or Twitter. And because it's for pay, it's going to keep a lot of the trolls out who just fly by and, and you know, keep out some right. of the there box. There probably aren't going to no, no. be a lot of people in the social area of DC Universe arguing that Marvel is better. Because why well, would they? I mean, there is something, there's something to be said about having a, 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 a special interest only venue for these things that doesn't get you know toxified by outsiders brigading or just kind of tangential comments or topics that really don't have anything to do with why 90 percent of the people are there but i think i mean the danger of all this stuff is you need to i mean you know they they probably might have a a list an arm long of content they want to put out but it needs to be continually refreshed for you know for it to in the long term for for it to kind of have any staying power because then people will say, "Hey, you know what? If they offer, if they offer me to buy tight or buy Titans a season, I don't need to subscribe. Just buy the, I'll just buy that, right? Or I'll, but, I'll I mean, I'll, honestly, subscription services uh, take that risk all the time, and they usually win because people are more likely to leave a subscription going yeah, they're not using but, and cancel but it. Even right? even Netflix knows that they yeah. need to continually pump in new content. Yeah, into well, let's that assume service. that they yeah. do that though. Yeah. Like that's what all subscription services know yeah. they need to yeah. do. Let's well, go back to 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 Justin. I don't think it matters if Titan has a bad face. What matters is something of what Roger's saying is they need to keep people interested because where it succeeds is people realizing, oh, I go here every day. Yes, I agree. I don't think that Titans is make or break. I do think that if they want to be a destination for original content, then something needs to hit, right? Like, uh, and, and Titans may or may not be it, but if, they, if that's what they want to hang their hat on, yes. If they want to be the best forum for DC fans to talk, then the fact that you can rent the more popular or purchase the more popular CW shows and then have a place where you can talk about them with like-minded fans is interesting. But if it's a paywall, it will never be the people's forum. It will but if never it's be both. I think this is I think this could possibly be the birth of a new form that could be the thing we've been waiting to threaten the Facebooks and Twitters of the world and an offshoot of the domination of Netflix. I, I think that you are 100% correct in that the scale that Facebook brought to these groups has made them untenable to some fans. I am included in them. All my interests, they have Facebook groups. I've tried to join them. I found them all very aggravating very, very quickly. Except ours, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, 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 and, and they bother me personally. So if there were a place where I could have these conversations that I enjoyed, sure. But man. The boomerang of social is coming back. Betting on that. shared interests. Betting on that is very hard. Also, release the Snyder Cut, you cowards! Hmm. That may be what Uh, they do. That may be one of the big things. Who knows? (laughs) Let's move on to our mailbag segment. Christian Vondergaard, who is from uh, Trondheim, Norway, and says, it's suspiciously warm there has an interesting little anecdote uh, for us to to kick around. He says, in Norway, an MBNO called Chili Mobile launched a new cell subscription with an unlimited data plan, except that unlimited in this case is 1,000 gigabytes, which Norwegian Consumer Council has said, okay, you can still call that unlimited. Christian says, this isn't the issue, though. 
The issue is that Chile has included a clause in their terms and conditions that you are not allowed to use the subscription for tethering. Now the Norwegian Communications Authority is investigating if this clause violates net neutrality principles because it argues you shouldn't be able to limit what devices can use a connection as this violates the right to choose your own terminal equipment. Do you have any takes? Ooh, you are not allowed. Yeah, see, tethering is not that in the U.S. Uh, is not considered we're, to be. We're a, used to that. Yeah, it's not considered to be a problem. But a lot of people make the same argument that it should be. We have such a, a a lot of other issues queued up in front of it that it doesn't get the heat it does. But I have always felt that yes, if you have a device that you want to hook up to the network and use the connection you're paying for, you should be allowed to to use it. Uh, unfortunately you know, the, the way the system works, they can tell if you're using a phone and so they can put a meter on it if they want. Uh, and so yeah. then you have to, you have to have rules and law brought in because it's not a natural system like ethernet network address translation was created because, Hey, this is a great way to keep them from being able to meter you by device. It, they were worried that connector, that, that ISPs would charge you by device and ethernet and network address translation allowed that to not be possible. I think this is the MVNO trying to have its cake and eat it too. If you want to call it unlimited uh, uh, and not just, hey, here's the best price on a thousand gigabytes, then you are going to get yourselves into trouble where it's like either you can say, look, here's a great price on a thousand gigabytes. No tethering. You can make that rule if you want. But if you call it unlimited, it's a different story. Yeah. Well, thanks to Christian for giving us a little insight on regional issues we might not have known about otherwise. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit, dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We mentioned we are a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. And last, but certainly not least, thanks to Justin Robert Young for being here on this fine Thursday. Justin, what's new? Well, folks, you can go ahead and sign up for my free political newsletter. You can find it at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Sign up for it. Come see you five days a week. It's got uh, five stories that I'm keeping my eye on that I'm reading. Uh, some of them have hot takes on them. Some of them got gifts. Many of the gifts are from the Chappelle Show. It's a great time. It's free. It's a political newsletter. Freepoliticalnewsletter.com. And you can get my hot takes today at patreon.com slash DTNS if you're an associate producer, supporter, or above. And all supporters at Patreon already have an interview I did with Jack Conti. Uh, he is the founder of Patreon, but we just talked about the internet. Uh, it was a really fun 20 minutes or so conversation about where the internet's been. Is it over? <laughs> is, 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 is the hope and dreams of the 90s dead? Or is there still a Portlandia future for the internet? And you can find that in your feed already at patreon.com slash DTNS. Folks in the public feed uh, and folks on the DTNS only feed will get it on Saturday. You can also peruse our fine selection of DTNS wares like a DTNS hat. For instance, maybe you want one of those. Go check it out. DailyTechNewsShow.com slash store. I will be wearing my DTNS hat tomorrow because it's Hat Friday, everybody. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com is where you can submit questions and comments and all sorts of anything that's on your mind. Poetry, in fact. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m., 2030 UTC. You can find out more at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Norton and Len Peralta's back. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>
Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.